and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created to enhance, connect, and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. I'm delighted today to present another conversation with a Yarra Old Grammarian, a Yog, and we're going to twist and turn through their memories and recollections of their time here at school and where life has taken them. Today, I'm going to share with you a conversation that I had with Cameron Britt from the class of 2002. Cameron spent uh, the best part of his secondary school life here at Yarra and uh, tended to spend a bit more time out on the sports field than perhaps any other space in our school. He's gone on to have a a remarkable and uh, an exciting career exploring a variety of avenues of sport, not only playing, but also in sports management and leadership. I hope you enjoy this interesting and fascinating conversation with Cameron Britt from the class of 2002. Welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And this morning, I'm delighted to be sitting down with Cameron Britt from the class of 2002. Cameron, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And now, Cameron, you're actually uh, you're calling in from uh, Perth, from Western Australia. What is it as you cast your mind back to your time at Yarra Valley Grammar here in uh, the the eastern suburbs of Victoria? You came in uh, perhaps in year eight into the middle school. What are your earliest memories of schooling at Yarra Valley Grammar? Well, my memories were. Uh extra special, I guess you could say, and they're still very uh, very ingrained in my mind. I started my high school life in year seven at a public, I guess you'd call it a semi-regional public high school, and and uh, the, the contrast from that to Yarra Valley is really dramatic. Back back in year seven, I think uh, you, you had to be good with your fists and not necessarily your textbook uh, or your, your class schedule. But moving to Yarra Valley, it was just a, a complete world away from from that experience, and and just the the opportunities and the range of options to to get involved in as a as a young student was something that that I guess captured my imagination and and my interest very very early on, and the, uh, the ability to to try a whole range of different sports and and extracurricular activities, as well as have some absolute leading, you know, best-in-class teachers who not only encouraged learning but but supported it and really pushed you as much as you want to be pushed towards places that you wanted to go was uh, highly memorable and still is. Coming in at year eight, I mean, that's not a, a traditional time to join a school. You know, lots of students come in at year seven and then potentially, uh, again, sort of into senior school, maybe year 10 would be another intake. So how did you go finding friends and, and kind of fitting in when you started in year eight? Certainly a, a really big and, I guess, for a lot of young young kids, uh, somewhat scary move. That, that's certainly what I anticipated and expected uh, part of the year seven to year eight transition from, from different schools. But uh, it was actually very seamless in a way. I, I made some really good close friends early and they're friends who, who still remain to this day and and to the anecdote that I'm a groomsman in, in one of those friends, Anthony Russell, class of 2002, his wedding uh, in March 2019. He, he's a guy who took me under his wing early days and 
I'm very fortunate for that because we're still friends, very good friends all these years later. But it was definitely, um, it was definitely a, a, a initially daunting. But I had a brother who had transitioned to Yarra Valley Grammar the year prior. So I had a little bit of a sense of how it all worked. And, yeah, he came home for those uh, that year prior in the marvellous uniform, which was a, a whole new world for me. And uh, I got an opportunity to, to sneak into that black blazer not long after. And how'd you go with uh, doing a tie? Because I imagine the, the local local school didn't require a tie. No, didn't didn't require a tie. And I have to admit that I think the first tie knot that I had for year eight probably lasted several years. The the art of not actually undoing your tie um, became became incredibly important. But you know, over time, things like knots and half windsors they became uh, fashionable and. And all the uh, all part of what was required, but, but certainly early days, the tie never was undone. I can assure you, it's an art that is still practiced today. <laughs> um, how would you describe the the social group that you connected with? Like, where did you hang out? Were you out on the sports field all the time? Were you out the back of the shelter sheds? Were you in the calf? Where was the space to uh, to be hanging out? Uh, definitely, myself and and my group were were, I guess, sporty types. Um, so we spent a lot of time, I think early days, uh, the the game in vogue was, uh, I think it's called Foursquare with the tennis ball. So we had some huge battle royales of Foursquare, probably over, honestly, 12 months of lunch times. Um, who could be crowned king of that game? But And then, you know, basketball rings, certainly football ovals like the Patterson and the Harker spent a lot of time just not even necessarily playing football, but just walking, chatting, hanging out, but generally uh, gravitated towards the, the sports facilities as, as, I guess, a sporting bunch of guys. I probably deemed us as athletically academic, if, if that's a, a phrase we can coin, that we certainly understood the importance of study and, and we worked hard, but we were involved in a, a whole raft of different sports and activities, and that, for me, was the Yarra experience. I can let you know that... Uh you call it Foursquare, um, and I remember it fondly as Foursquare when I was at school, but nowadays we call it down ball, and uh, it's it's changed a little in that there are some modified rules that, uh, depending on which game you join, and, and year level by year level seem to have their own rules these days, but I can also tell you that there are way many more than four squares nowadays. They might have 12 square, 16 square bas- uh, uh, down ball, and uh, all still with a tennis ball and, and down in the junior school, it's with a kind of a, a more of a rubber bouncy ball. And again, a whole different suite of rules down there. So in, in part of my role here as chaplain, I get to, you know, kind of move through the different uh, areas of the school and, and sometimes engage and, and get the odd opportunity to participate in a little bit of down ball. And um, I guess it keeps my hand in the game at least. Yeah, well, I'm I'm really pleased to hear that the the game lives on, and and certainly sounds like it relishes. I think twelve squares was beyond my capabilities, but uh, terrific tradition. It is indeed, and 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 plenty of fun to be had out there. I wonder, and and look, I would say that what happens at lunchtime, and and whether it be out on the sports field, out kicking the footy, or on the down ball courts, or or just having a chat, you know, sort of under a tree somewhere, it's all part of what I perhaps would call culture or spirit, the Yarra spirit. And I wonder if you can just explore a little bit of what you recall of the Yarra spirit uh, back in your day. Yeah, I I recall the Yarra spirit being uh, very positive. I I thought that, 
you know, by and large, a, a school group of however many students, 100 or more, um, was, was very sort of positive relationships and, and a lot of people got on. And, and naturally, school kids being kids, there's, there's little pockets and little groups, but it, it seemed that everyone um, kind of had the same, same mindset or mentality of, you know, they were there, they were given a great opportunity, be it a fine school, and, and the general spirit and mindset was to, to make the most of that opportunity uh, for, for you know, to advantage themselves in in um, in future life. So that that's what I recall. I, I recall uh, you know a school that was undergoing a lot of change too. That for my um, for me being class of two thousand two, we experienced the new sports um, sports centre, the sports facility on the back of the Patterson Oval there, and um, a couple of other changes. Of course, the forming arts centre was already there, and that's an incredible facility as we all know. But um, yeah, under, undergoing a lot of change and there was a lot of development sort of in the pipeline which we, we knew and I guess those before us certainly knew as well um, that we may not be able to, uh, to um, share in the immediate or exact benefit of the facility but the generation certainly would. So you sensed the school that was that was on the move and there was a lot of really good things happening. That, that's really interesting and I don't know whether you can pick it up on the audio at your end but um, not too far from where we're recording this, um, the building works continue. We're in the process of building a, uh, a new research centre and uh, there's a new chapel going in and some extra classrooms and uh, it's exciting times and schools that continue to grow and develop and and update their facilities. Uh, there's something going on there, and uh, and something good. And, and like back in your day, I would certainly um, want to reflect that now. Some exciting things continue to happen at a great place like this. Um, and and so it, you know, it's terrific that we here on the podcast get to kind of just wander back down memory lane a little bit. And uh, and you're quite right. The PAC would have been there, the Performing Arts Centre. And even that, that's on the cards for us to do a, a bit of a renovation and a refresh uh, to that space as well. Um, Cameron, I wonder, have you been back to Yarra? When was the last time you came back and actually walked walked around your old stomping ground? Yeah, look, it's it's considerable amount of time, to be honest, Paul. Um, obviously, living now in, in Perth, uh, I, I'm not back in, in Melbourne as much as I'd like to be, sort of let alone the, the old uh, hallowed school grounds. However... I guess the early days um, out of high school, um, so not long out of year 12, I, I came back um, on a semi-regular basis. I was back for a uh, for an occasion when I was effectively being an advocate for the Yarra Valley uh, Old Boys Football Club and we were doing a bit of a recruiting run um, of, of the young kids coming out of year 12 at that stage. But that's probably, um, that's probably it. So I think I'm certainly due a... A visit, and I'm sure it'll look quite different to, to certainly how it did back in um, early 2000s. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, you wouldn't know the place, but it would be uh, well worth a wander around again. And we'd love to uh, love to welcome you back, as as any of our yogs, of course, are welcome back at any time. And we'd uh, be very proud to show you around and see whether you uh, whether you can find any of the old uh, scratch marks or your your initials somewhere that you might have left it all those years ago. Yeah, well, that that would um, yeah, I, I would not admit if I had scratched something because I'm still scared of the the probably the the school disciplinarians. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd maybe have on in a quiet moment go and uh, check out a few areas. 
<laughs> Look, there's no doubt that school can have a strong influence on our character and, and our outlook on life. And I wonder whether you can describe the bigger picture of life that Yara might have um, kind of allowed you to open your eyes to. Yeah, I think um, I think what Yara helped me with, and I'm, I'm sure sure others as well, was to provide a, I guess, a real sense of sense of purpose and a and a real sense of, um, or or a or a, I guess, an endorsement that that ambition and success and and achievement is is okay, and in fact, absolutely, you know, encouraged. And I think it's important that that those fundamentals. So you know really embracing life, um, wanting to be successful and, and want to really stretch yourself and, and, and further study and, and really work hard and contribute to community, but all within a, I guess, a, a framework of aligned to some really important values. So, um, you know, operating with real integrity, being respectful of, um, you know, those, of, uh, those around you, being respectful of diversity and, you know, indifference and, Certainly, collaborating too. I think ensuring that you, you know, you are working with others and and um, contributing socially in a way that uh, ensures that you're, um, you're, you're um, having a positive impact on those around you. I think that was very much a a Yarra motto. And I know you, you can't say all that on a on a textbook. So you know, lavave oculus in terms of the lift up my eyes piece. But that probably encapsulates that to a large degree. And um, you know, reach for greater heights, um, being really supported and endorsed and encouraged to do that. That's great. And I, I celebrate with you that that school helped to create that, that aspirational, uh, I guess, message for you. And so I wonder now if we can transition to exploring a little bit of uh, what happened after you left Yarra and how that message or how that uh, philosophy uh, of aspiring and, and working hard and, and growing yourself, how that applied to what you did next and, and maybe even all the way to where you are now taking you over to, to WA and, and and involved, you know, in, in perhaps in a sporting context there. And look, it, it's a an interesting journey that many of our listeners will be fascinated to kind of just get some snapshots on the way through if you could. Yeah, certainly. So I um, immediately after year 12, I continued study, so undergraduate degree, I completed a Bachelor of Business Sports Management at La Trobe University. I was actually the first group of intake. That, that was a new, a, new, um, a new course for La Trobe at the time. So in some ways, we were a little bit of a guinea pig in 2003 for that, that course. But over the, the three years, that, um, the length of the course, it actually specialised really well. And, and as, a, as a sports management degree, particularly year three, was extremely memorable around um, you know, athlete management and sports governance and, and commercialization of sports. So I took that approach all throughout that period. I, I continued a strong association with Yarra by being a member of the Yarra Valley Old Boys Football Club, um, which was terrific. So uh, many of us, I mean, people, friends went different places here and there, but many of us maintained our, our friendship group and our connection immediately. <laughs> Sport into the the old boys uh, old boys network. That was great because then um, build a friendship group, um, you know, acquaintances from guys not only in the two thousand and two year, but particularly you know teammates who may have left even ten years before me. Very much a real 
meeting points and, and connection points. And not, in, uh, not that you had to have gone to Yarra, of course, to play um, for the old boys. I had, had a lot of friends who had just gravitated towards um, and its culture, but that was a great way to stay in touch. Um, following that, um, I was employed, so I guess, as a graduate in a community health program called Good Sports, working with community sporting clubs uh, Australia-wide around um, you know, sound governance and good policy and providing really safe and healthy environments for families. Um, during my tenure there, I um, decided that I wanted to complete a master's, so I set about the commencement of an MBA, which um, took me four years uh, as in a part-time capacity completed my MBA, which is certainly a, a real highlight for me. I um, I'd always knew that, you know, post high school and even post bachelor's degree that there was something more for me that I wanted to do and and um, the Master of Business Administration was it and I was fortunate to set myself a, a personal goal that for my 30th birthday I, I wanted to complete my MBA and, and I pretty much landed that as close to the mark as you can. So that was great to be able to do that and during that, during that phase there, I um, had some employment at the Essendon Football Club. So I went into an elite sports setting, through a very high-profile AFL club in Melbourne and, and worked there for three years and um, had some had some outstanding experiences in a, in a really high-quality role, which was head of community. So a lot of government relations, corporate social responsibility, um, commercial-oriented commercial work, but really... Um, Really memorable, I guess, life-changing experiences like leading our our work and um, and taking players up to the Tiwi Islands north of Darwin. So looking at um, health and, and um, community awareness programs. Took a group of players um, led by Captain Dyson Eppel to India. Um, a bit of a fan engagement, community social impact uh, activity. So we spent two weeks in India and we visited orphanages and um, schools, ran clinics, and that was supported by the AFL and very much a almost like an outreach type program. Really rich, rich experiences and character forming in a way. Um, you know, you're a long way from from Melbourne and the ho hum, uh, or the aging, far, far disadvantaged to our own. Um, it was it was very special. Then following that, obviously, I. Um, so my um, my wife is West Australian, so we decided to WA and the CEO of uh, WA's fastest growing basketball club, so a really large 4,400 basketball club, which is north of Perth uh, in Joondalup, for, for those who, who may know Perth at all. And uh, what we're doing here is really harnessing the extreme growth and popularity of basketball, um, particularly in this Perth market, but, but certainly, you know, Australia wide as well. Basketball's very much on the rise. It's a real boom here, and it's a huge part of the game. Uh, it's a sport for the young people and families. So we're building a, um, a business, 
fairly traditionally rigid model to ensure that um, we can be really inclusive and accessible to everyone as a sport. Wow, what a journey! That's uh, it's taken you uh, well across across this country from the you know from the far east to the far west, but also some international experiences as well, and uh, and and sharing some of your passion, some of your great loves with uh, with others is. Uh, they're terrific opportunities that you've made the most of along the way, which is, uh, you know, it's a great credit to you. So congratulations and, and well done. And thanks for sharing uh, those those highlights with us, I, I guess. I wonder, um, is there anything uh, that you can share with us um, sort of the behind the scenes of any of those experiences, whether they be, you know, a particular player did something that was, uh, you know, I don't know, look, it might be that they climbed a ridiculously high tree and you thought, Boy, oh boy, don't don't hurt your ankle on the way down. Or, you know, is there any insight that you're allowed to share with us from somebody that we might recognise uh, and and some of their exploits um, overseas? Um, yeah, look, I guess um, from, from the from the Essendon experience, because that's obviously a high profile club and people know the players. Probably no real um, no real feats that were. Um, not sensible, of course. We had a club doctor with us, so we we certainly had some uh, some chaperone and and um, some some pretty important. Certainly, I think uh, the the message to me from club management was keep these guys in cotton wool, which I ensured they were. But I mean, probably for me, the you know the the lasting memory. I mentioned a guy like Dyson Heppel, but also um, I was super impressed. Didn't didn't know a lot about Joe Danaher prior to the trip, but. Post the trip, um, found Joe Danaher just to be an incredible um, individual with a, a really um, strong sort of sense of um, social um, sort of social involvement and and um, and uh, a community, uh, a real community link. So he he was a guy that really flourished on a trip like that, and and um, I think it was a very much a, a um, an exercise for him that. Um, was probably life-changing in a way and I know I followed him closely um, not only his sort of on-field performance but, but even off-field uh, contributions and allegiances since and you know and he's a guy I think a trip like that to India um, really sort of formed how he will continue through life and and um, about community contribution ensuring that those who are um, you know have less a, a given opportunity to maybe have some more um, that's really great to see. That's fantastic and, and wonderful to be part of helping open somebody else's eyes in that to that degree in terms of, you know, you, you created the, the trip and you kind of made the connections and the links and, and, and made it possible and then to see somebody else as they're experiencing that really open their eyes and flourish in that environment is, is fantastic. We're speaking today uh, on the Inspired by Yarra podcast with Cameron Britt from the class of... 2002. And Cameron, you've just spoken about, um, I guess, the way that an experience can inspire somebody and, and potentially be transformative, um, in particularly uh, with, with Joe Watson. I wonder whether you can reflect back maybe on your time, either at Yarra or beyond, something or someone that has inspired you. Yeah, look, I think... Um I think when I when I look back to, at my at my timing Yarra, it's it's uh, as much as the question is probably seeking to um, 
you know, look for those individual um, examples. Probably for me, it's it's more so appropriate just to say that the the school as a as an overall entity. So you know, every facet of the school, all the various components, but probably all that comes under an overall header of of culture, um, and, um, and 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 how the school is is structured to to develop and support its students. That for me is probably what I'd I'd really like to reference and the important message for me today that. You know, coming into the school, as I said, uh, fairly naive youngster out of a out of just a, pub, a um, you know, public secondary college type setting, and really walking into an environment that's nurturing and, and offers offers countless opportunities. And, and really, your only limitation is either your own um, your own time or, or your own barriers for not wanting to explore things. That for me is is what's really special about Yarra Valley and about my school years. It's well, I was encouraged to try and and do as much as I wanted to, and um, and yeah, in terms of trying to um, trying to push your limits and push yourself as far as possible, and and a couple of those areas um, resonate with me, and and they're things that I continue with today. It sounds like uh, you had some good advice, some good counsel uh, early on and along those lines of have a go at everything and, and, and if you're interested, then go and try it out. And, and, you know, those sorts of messages I think are really powerful and, uh, and, and very applicable to young people today. We're speaking again with uh, Cameron Britt from the class of 2002 here on the Inspired by Yarra podcast. And we're thrilled to, uh, to be able to speak with Yarra Algramarians from all across Australia and indeed right around the world. And uh, and today we're speaking with Cameron and uh, who's unpacked for us parts of his journey and, and some of the highlights along the way. And, and my recollection from this conversation is that he was somebody who uh, was motivated uh, right from the get-go and, and saw the opportunity that a school and an education uh, at Yarra Valley Grammar offered him and he grabbed hold of it with both hands. And so, Cameron, I wonder whether you might reflect for a moment on success and whether it's a, a nice, neat definition or whether whether you kind of have got some examples. But I wonder if I, I put to you, what does success mean to you? I think um, success is certainly subjective, of course. I think, you know, the, the definition of success is really in the eyes of, um, you know, of the individual. But for me... Um, I, I'm certainly, uh, I guess, assess success as being doing something that that you love. I think foremost, that's that's really important. Doing something that you love and and doing it really really well, and there can obviously be you know financial, non financial success, but but if if you feel like you're making a really strong and meaningful contribution to what you're doing and, and if it's something you love, that for me is is success. And that's certainly how I've always uh, I guess viewed success and um, and I guess defined it in my own mind that if I'm doing something I love, I feel like I'm having a really active, uh, compelling contribution and um, 
and I'm giving something my my all, then then that to me, I'm successful at that. That's fantastic. And and Cameron, I mean, you have spent a lot of your time around success um, at a at a high level, and uh, and no doubt there are challenges that go with that. Um, certainly on a performance basis, and I wonder whether. Um, you know, we're all motivated by different things, but I know in my recollection of sports people um, and people playing at, at high levels, they're often motivated, whether it be a quote or a verse or an, an affirmation that really, you know, fires them up or a particular genre of music or a song. Or And I wonder for you whether there's anything that, you know, really gets you up and about. Is there a, a quote that you live by or maybe even a, a, a book or a a life story that uh, that really fires you up that uh, that you go back to again and again. Yeah, look, I um, s- someone and probably like all of us, really, someone that I've I've read a great deal about and and obviously seen some films, particularly in in more contemporary um, portrayals, is is of course Nelson Mandela and 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 you know his his amazing story and and what he did for South Africa and you know, his ability to. Uh, to I guess forgive and 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 um, push on through through real adversity and resilience. But a quote of Nelson Mandela's, which I've um, I've referenced it recently, actually in in another um, another area. So it, it it is in my mind, and that's there's no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. And and for me, that's just a really uh, straightforward, punchy quote that, that basically is a source of motivation and speaks to, I guess, a determination to dream and achieve big, but importantly, and tying in with what I said earlier, doing something that you love. I think that's just really important. And we don't all have the ability, of course, or even the option to, to do something that we love. But but if you can, and and if you can, if you get an opportunity to maybe grab that, then I'd certainly say grab it. And, that's fantastic. I love that. And I love that you can, uh, you know, you've memorised that quote and uh, albeit it, it was relevant to you just recently, but you've still got it. And uh, I think that's really powerful. I wonder whether um, you might reflect for a moment on advice and there'll be um, some of your uh, kind of generation who will be listening back to this, some other yogs, but equally part of our audience uh, is also current students and uh, students who are, you know, just working through some of the rigours of their education and their, uh, you know, the laying the foundation, if you like, ready to, to launch out into life in the big world. And I wonder whether you either some advice you received that you could pass on or maybe some advice that you'd like to offer some of our younger listeners. Yeah, sure. I can probably reference it actually back to a, a Yarra example, which is, is probably all the more uh, handy. Um, and it was about year 11, I think, and I was pretty heavily involved in football and basketball as the two sports in the seasons. I was also in the ski team, so I had a lot on my plate. And commonly, um, I worked in team-based sport environments, and I, I didn't have much experience individually, and I was a little bit... Um, yeah, I was, a, I was a little bit daunted by actually having to play an individual sport and I'm referring to the athletics team and and Mr Lethbridge at the time asked for a meeting and he said, Cameron, um, and, and I think it's fair to say he actually mandated my involvement in the ATS team because I said, look, I, I don't really do ATS, I'm not interested and I'm not really one for individual sports. 
And I think the message back was, see you at practice on Tuesday. So, so I went along to that. But over time, with Mr Lethbridge's support, I think he really um, he sort of instilled in me that have-a-go attitude. It, you know, he knew that I'd had some good performances on more, I guess, traditional sporting fields and he could see that translating into uh, a slightly different sport or different setting. And, and really that, that message, even though I'm not sure I had a real option not to get, join the Athens team, um, but that, that message of have-a-go and you never know what you'll achieve, that actually became you know, really, really important and really fundamental because I had some, some really good success in the AFT team on an AFT circuit, which without that somewhat pushing but more so encouragement, never ever would have even been doing that um, due, to, um, yeah, due to some, um, uh, I guess, lack of confidence in my ability. So that, that real have a go, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to push yourself and if it works out fantastic, you've achieved something you didn't think you would. If it doesn't, then that's okay too. But um, you've, you've really tried your best and you can say, well, I left my in that particular area of you know, personal, professional, sport, business, drama. It, it applies uh, pretty universally. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, it's fascinating, isn't it, that um, sometimes when you're pushed a little out of your comfort zone into something, a new arena, then uh, that's when you do some real learning. So uh, that's a, a great story and a great reflection. So thank you. Cameron, I wonder whether as we, we kind of round out um, to, towards a close, whether now in, in modern community there's um, all sorts of pressures and demands and, and equally there's all sorts of tools available to us. And so I wonder whether there's a, a habit or an app or a device or a a practice that you have that, that whether it be a regular thing, whether it be a daily or something that you use fairly regularly that, that helps keep you, uh, keep you focused or keeps you motivated, keeps you on the go. Is there something that, um, you know, maybe whether it's something that we, is very commonplace and many people would be familiar with it or maybe something that's a, a little bit unusual and a little bit different, something that just keeps you, keeps you, keeps you moving forward? Yeah, sure. Probably... Um Probably referencing the the app um, suggestion, I'm I wouldn't say I'm a um, a a really extensive user of apps. I'm I'm actually I'm part of this sort of niche underground that doesn't have a Facebook account, and sometimes you can feel like a bit of a leper, but but that's just something I, I elected to do at the time. But probably um, probably where I stay in touch, and it's more in a professional um, background, would be LinkedIn. Um, Particularly, you know, living living away now from from my home base of Melbourne, it gives me an ability, I guess, to um, to, to network and, and see what's happening with my friends and associates in a professional um, context, um, evolving industry trends, and and, um, and, and how um, yeah how, how professions are, are moving along. That's probably for me how I stay in touch more so in a personal sense, um, you know, and it gets really tricky. We're on a three-hour uh, time gap between Melbourne and WA as we speak right now, but there's nothing more valuable than just picking up the phone and having a chat. 
Excellent. Yes, it, uh, and, and you're right. <laughs> less and less is, is the eventuation of that. You know, so much is it's a quick text or an email or whatever, but you're right. If, if, if distance is part of the challenge, then just getting on and hearing somebody else's voice is, uh, is really helpful and comforting and, uh, and really uh, reassuring. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's just a, it's a simple thing, but it can get difficult at times in busy lives. But, um, yeah, you, you've just got to make time. Cameron Britt from the class of 2002, give you thanks for your time, the time that you've spent with us uh, sharing and, uh, and, and allowing us to unpack a little bit of your journey and both your time here at Yarra and some of your great memories, but also um, how that has helped to influence some of the, the decisions and, and pathways that you've uh, continued to explore uh, since leaving Yarra. So thank you for your time and thank you for sharing those stories here on the Inspired by Yarra podcast. Thank you. And there you have it, another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope that you found it fascinating and interesting as we tracked through some of the highlights and adventures of Cameron Britt from the class of 2002. Really appreciated what he said about success, to do what you love and to do it well. I think that's right. And I guess each one of us are on a journey and hopefully inspired and motivated to do our best, to do what we love and to do it the best that we can. As you would be aware by now, we've got a whole library, a growing library of conversations that we've had with Yarra Old Grammarians, YOGs as they are affectionately known. And you can find out more on the community section of the yvg.vic.edu.au website. If you scroll to the community tab and then down there, you can find the podcast link to Inspired by Yarra. Plenty of other episodes in there, some show notes there and details of how you can get in touch with our various guests. And also send us some suggestions, perhaps, if there's somebody that you are aware of who's got an interesting story, a fascinating little insight that they might be able to share that you think would make a a great guest on our show, then we'd love you to drop us a line at podcast at yvg.vic.edu.au. Send us an email. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you get out there and make a positive impact in the world around you.